You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. Tennessee's football team will get back to the practice field this afternoon. The first practice since the scrimmage this past Saturday. Jeremy Pruitt will also meet with the media coming up tonight. I'll get to Tennessee football here in the first segment with more thoughts from Jim Chaney. Tennessee's offensive coordinator met with the media on Friday. I'll let you hear a little bit about what he had to say being back at Tennessee, being back in Knoxville, where he coached uh, just a few years ago, coaching under Lane Kiffin and Derek Dooley. Now, of course, Jim Chaney is working for Jeremy Pruitt. So he will talk about, in today's show, Jarrett Garantano, Tennessee's quarterback, Tennessee's starting quarterback. And it's the first spring that we have talked about Garantano being the guy. Jim Chaney will talk about how Garantano has performed and how the last few years have maybe helped shape Garantano now that he enters his fourth season in Tennessee's program. That plus something Jim Chaney has learned over the years. He'll tell you about that in the first segment of today's show. In segment number two, Grant Williams has a decision to make. That decision is going to play a big role in what Tennessee's basketball team is next season. What some of the NBA mock drafts say about Grant Williams and where he stands with the draft coming up this summer and some comments from Rick Barnes on Grant's decision. That's coming up in segment number two of today's show. And in the third segment, I'll get back to a little football. Jeremy Pruitt on a player who's maybe not getting enough attention and somebody who could really help Tennessee this year, plus some notes for you involving the Lady Vols basketball coaching search and a name that you probably recognize that could be coming into the SEC to coach one of the Vols' rivals in basketball this upcoming year. I'll get to all of that right here on Locked On Vols. It's your team every day, five days a week, covering what's going on with Tennessee, available on the new Himalaya app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, your smart speaker. You can tell your smart speaker or phone to play podcast. Locked On V-O-L-S, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. One reason I think a lot of people are excited to have Jim Chaney back is that he is proven at this point when it comes to coaching quarterbacks. He has his history with Drew Brees, which helps, but look at what Jim Chaney did at Tennessee, working with Jonathan Crompton and then Tyler Bray and the development that they had in a short time with Crompton and then over a three-year period with Tyler Bray. He's still in the NFL after playing for Jim Chaney at Tennessee. And then what Chaney has done with Nathan Peterman, a former Vol who then played at Pittsburgh under Chaney. And then the last few years at Georgia, looking at that offense and looking at the play of a young quarterback in Jake Fromm, he looked like a guy that was developing pretty nicely for the Bulldogs. They had a lot of success with Jake Fromm at quarterback for sure. So the next guy would be Jarrett Garantano, who has already developed over the last few years. He was clearly a better quarterback as a redshirt sophomore than he was as a redshirt freshman. So then part of the question becomes, what can Garantano do next? What will he do entering his fourth season? Listen to what Jim Chaney said here as he talked about Garantano and maybe the experience he has had playing under different coaches. Garantano is entering his fourth season at Tennessee with his fourth different offensive coordinator and his fourth different quarterbacks coach. Jim Chaney talked about how that might be able to help Garantano. Listen to Tennessee's offensive coordinator. I think that Jarrett's doing a good job learning his role once again within another system, within another coordinator. He'd been through a few of us. 
And it's, I tell you what, what's interesting to me about college football, when you take a kid like him who's, what am I, the fourth coordinator, third or fourth coordinator he's had, is uh, how hard it is for them not to get really calloused and, and cynical about the game of football and to stay fresh with it and eager to learn and be a sponge. Because it's tough sometimes. It's not always a bed of roses out there for the quarterback spot. And kind of when we got here before with Jonathan Crompton, it was kind of – there's some similarities there that, that are good. They're both good football players, and uh, I think uh, Jared's going to have a good season. I think he's playing good football right now, and he's fun to be around. Tennessee offense coordinator Jim Chaney talking about Jared Garantano. Maybe the fact that Garantano has played for different coaches with different ideas, different philosophies, maybe that's helped Garantano. I think something that's helped as well is that last year he took a beating, and playing through that was really difficult but I think it made Garantano work harder to maybe develop his ability to recognize what's going on before the snap. Now, the pass protection has to continue to get better. That was a big talking point coming out of Saturday. I'm not saying it's all on Garantano. I wouldn't say that at all. But he probably looked at it and said, I've got to do something to help protect myself a little bit more. In the meantime, Tennessee's coaches will try to make the offensive line better. Also, I think Garantano last season probably earned the respect of his teammates. The way that he played through the beating that he was taking, the way that Garantano would get back up after repeatedly being knocked down and taking some pretty vicious shots last season. I think Garantano's teammates noticed that. And then there's also the maturity, the development that just comes with being in a college program for three coming up on four seasons. All of that, I think, has helped Garantano and I also say that because I think he's earned his coach's trust. Not only Jim Chaney, but also Jeremy Pruitt, who just a couple of weeks ago offered his biggest public praise for Garantano since Pruitt has been Tennessee's head coach. A year ago, I think Tennessee's players and coaches were probably saying, Garantano needs to prove himself. And he went through the, the spring and then summer months with most people expecting him to be the starter, but there was still the question... What would he do once he get, gets out there on the field playing in SEC games? Because the previous season, it did not go well. It went better this past season, and it needs to continue to improve. Garantano needs to be a better quarterback this upcoming fall. But his previous development and comments from coaches and talk behind the scenes, all of that, I think, leads to confidence that Garantano will continue to improve. Tennessee needs to figure out ways to protect him because if he takes another beating like he did last season – well, then at some point, he's going to get knocked out, and then you have to go to a younger quarterback who's far less experienced than Garantano. Right now, J.T. Shrout is the number two quarterback. He will be a redshirt freshman this fall. He's never taken a snap in college. Neither has the number three guy, Brian Maurer, who is an early enrollee. He's really a high school senior who came into college early. He'll be a true freshman this upcoming fall. Tennessee knows that it needs Garantano to be the guy. There's something else that Jim Chaney knows that he said that he's figured out over the years, and all of this will sound very natural, but listen to what Jim Chaney said when he was kind of looking back at his time as an offensive coordinator. He's coached in the NFL. He's coached at the college level in the SEC. I mentioned his time at Pitt. He's bounced around to a number of different spots and just has a ton of experience. I think that's something that Jeremy Pruitt loved about Jim Chaney with the idea of him coming in to coach at Tennessee. But Jim Chaney talking about his time, his experience as a coach, and what he's learned about it. I think when you get older, you, you figure out that it's about the players. I think you say that when you're young. It's all about the players. I remember when 
when when I was fortunate enough to have Drew, you know, you'd always say is about the players, but down deep you thought you were pretty that was pretty hot, man. Thirty two or thirty one, I had all the answers. And then he left. Golly, I was near smart when when he left. And it takes a few of those things to realize it's truly, truly all about the players. When you cross that line, they're going to represent you. Eleven guys are going to go out there and represent you. So I think when you get older, and hopefully you would get a little wiser with age, is you look at what you have and you try to put those parts together to to have the best chance of executing and scoring enough points to, to win games. So I would argue that my belief is stronger now as I get older than it's ever been. It's about players. And when you believe that way, you try to get the 11 best out, and that dictates the style of play that you are. Jim Chaney talking about the importance of the players And that's why I think you hear so much about Jim Chaney's ability to utilize players and on offense get his playmakers in the right position. As I said yesterday, it's something we always say, get the playmakers in space and let them do their thing. Jim Chaney's actually, I think, very good at finding the X against the O and figuring out where it needs to go. And that's something with the amount of playmakers Tennessee has that is creating optimism for what this offense can be. I think there is still a question about how many big-time breakaway guys does Tennessee have, and we're not going to have a real answer there until we see those these guys get out there on the field against SEC competition this fall, how many guys have developed in that regard. Maybe we'll get a better idea in the orange and white game coming up in a little more than a week, uh, a week from Saturday. But Jim Chaney's ability to figure out what his playmakers do best and help them utilize their skills That is something that is considered a strength of Jim Chaney, which can help make Tennessee's offense stronger. So interesting that he would say it's all about the players, and that's why recruiting ends up becoming so much of a factor. And you look at 2012, that offense, it was explosive. Big reason why? Tyler Bray, NFL quarterback. At wide receiver, you have Justin Hunter, NFL player. Cordero Patterson, NFL player. Bunch of NFL guys on the offensive line. Rajon Nil, not too bad. And then at Georgia, they had some players Jim Chaney figured out what to do with him. So Marquez Callaway, Juwan Jennings, Dominique Wood-Anderson, Ty Chandler, and more be ready to make plays for Jim Chaney this season. Another player that I think you should be paying attention to, I'll get to his name coming up in segment number three of Locked on Falls. Coming up next, Grant Williams has a decision to make, and it will no doubt have a major impact on what happens with Tennessee's basketball team next season. What some of the mock drafts say about where Grant Williams stands, I'll get to that coming up in the next segment and what it will mean for Tennessee's basketball team, what he ultimately decides to do. That's coming up on Locked on Vols, which you can find on the new Himalaya app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Grant Williams has a decision to make. Is he going to enter the NBA draft or return to Tennessee for his senior season? Now, he has plenty of time to make this decision. First of all, he has time to decide whether to declare or not. The expectation is that he will. He even said after the game on Thursday when Tennessee lost to Purdue that, of course, he could go through the draft process. Admiral Schofield did that last year. Both Grant Williams and Jordan Bone could do that this year, and I would say should do that. Why not? They both only have one year of eligibility remaining, so they can only do this once where you go through the draft process and come back. 
Grant's decision, though, is a little tougher, and that's where my focus will be here because he could be a first-round pick. Right now, there is no first-round talk that I've seen, at least, with Jordan Bone in this year's draft. Could that change? Could his stock rise? Sure. But right now, the first-round talk is around Grant Williams. Uh, Grant Ramey of GoVols247.com accumulated some mock drafts that are out there from different publications projecting where players would go in the NBA draft and looked at where Grant Williams is. And a lot of places have Grant right now in the final 10 spots of the first round. The Athletics' most recently updated mock draft from Sam Vecini has Grant Williams going number 25. CBS has Grant Williams going number 26 in its most recent mock draft. NBC Sports mock draft has Grant Williams going number 27. So you're seeing a few different spots there with him in the final five spots of the first round. ESPN's uh, most recent update from a few weeks ago also had Grant Williams at number 27. So number 25, number 26, number 27, that's first round. That's guaranteed contract. That's guaranteed money. But Grant is also not guaranteed of being drafted there. While those projections are out, Sports Illustrated in its most recent mock draft dropped Grant Williams to number 46, so in the middle of the second round. If Grant were to be drafted there, well, I would think that Grant Williams would decide to come back to college if he knew that he was going to be taken in the middle of the second round. And he doesn't know where he's going to go right now. Going through the draft process will give him a better idea of where he would go. Last year when Schofield went through the process, he did say that if he were a first-round pick, that he could stay in the draft, but it would take that for him to remain in the draft He did not get that assurance, and he decided to return for his senior year. If Grant were to go through the draft process, he might have a similar thought process. Also, this is still very early. The college basketball season is not even officially over. There's the Final Four and Championship game still to come. Grant has plenty of time to decide what he wants to hear when he goes through the draft process, what he would need to hear to decide to stay in the draft versus going back to Tennessee. This is also important for Tennessee's basketball team because what Grant does will play a huge role in what Tennessee can realistically be next season. If Grant Williams returns for his senior year, then I think Tennessee begins the season as a top five to top ten team. With Grant coming back to go along with Jordan Bowden, Lamonte Turner, let's for the sake of this conversation assume Jordan Bone comes back because right now I think for Bone that would be the best thing for him, that could change. But right now, I think it's best for Bone to come back, work on his outside shot, show that he can be more consistent shooting the three-pointer. I just think that would be so important for him at the next level. So let's assume Bone is back to go along with Bowden and Turner. Uh, John Fulkerson is a guy who played a big role in your rotation. You have Eve Pons to come back. How do others develop? How, How do those guys develop? That is a big question. And then Josiah James coming in. And Josiah and Grant Williams have a connection. So That's something that would really allow you to be a top five, top ten team. If Grant Williams were to declare for the draft and stay in the draft, and you have to replace Williams, Schofield, and Kyle Alexander, well, that's your front court. You have John Fulkerson back, uh, Derek Walker. At that point, I think Tennessee's probably going the grad transfer route and trying to find somebody who can come in and help immediately. And who that would be is to be determined, obviously. But that would be a must because losing Grant and Admiral and uh, Kyle Alexander, I just think that would be too much for Tennessee to overcome 
to stay at a high level. The Vols would very much be guard-oriented. In that conversation, let's still assume Bone comes back. You do have Bone Bowden, Turner, and Josiah James. Tennessee could absolutely be successful with that core, but you need more front-court help, and right now it would be difficult to point to whatever player would help you with that. So what Grant does is obviously so important for what Tennessee can be next season. If Grant comes back, Tennessee will be talked about as a potential Final Four team. If Grant decides to go pro and forego his senior year, then I think the talk becomes, is Tennessee maybe a top 25 team? Will it make the NCAA tournament? I think we'll be asking those questions if Grant is not a part of the team. So it's a big deal. Rick Barnes talked about it a little bit on Vol Calls on Monday night, Tennessee's radio show, and said that they're going to have a conversation about it. Grant's focused on wrapping up his academic work, but we all know that Grant has a decision to make. That's not been any kind of secret, and he is expected to at least declare for the draft and go through everything, go through the workouts, meet with teams, get an idea of where he stands with those teams, and then that will help him make a decision. Right now, different people say different things. On the Sports Source this past Sunday, Mark Pankratz was talking about Grant, and uh, Mark said he thinks that Grant comes back. Gary Parrish, on his most recent podcast for CBS Sports, talked about Tennessee as if Grant Williams is going to go pro. Either decision is a very real possibility, and part of the issue right now in trying to project what Grant will do is Grant might not know what he's going to do. But everybody knows that it will play a big role in what happens with Tennessee basketball moving forward. That's why it's going to be the number one storyline with Tennessee's basketball team until Grant makes a final determination. Coming up here in the final segment of Locked on Vols, that name that I mentioned that I think we need to pay a little more attention to, at least don't forget about him and how he can help Tennessee's offense. Jeremy Pruitt will talk about this guy coming up in the final segment, plus a few notes for you. A recognizable name who could become the next coach of one of Tennessee's rivals in the SEC in basketball. A new contract for John Calipari and a quick update on the Lady Vols basketball coaching search. All coming up next on Locked on Vols. I mentioned you can get Locked on Vols pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And if you have time to rate and review the show, that can be a big help. Thanks to everybody who has done that so far. Rating and reviewing can help other Tennessee fans find the show and simply spread the word. Tell Tennessee fans you might know, friends, family, uh, whomever, about the Daily Tennessee Podcast. It's here five days a week. Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So I mentioned there is a name that we need to uh, not forget about, at least, when it comes to talking about Tennessee's offense and players who Jim Chaney can utilize in the Vols' offense. That player is Josh Palmer, a third-year wide receiver who I think has already developed nicely in the program. I thought David Johnson did a good job getting him ready last year, and we saw Palmer make some plays, especially in that Auburn game last season. And with Tennessee's wide receivers, Marquez Callaway and Juwan Jennings get a lot of attention. Brandon Johnson does. Uh, you also have Ramel Keaton, who is a newcomer, a high school All-American who is expected to compete for playing time right away. But don't forget about Josh Palmer. He had a nice performance in the scrimmage, long touchdown catch, on Saturday, and he's a guy that I think will have a chance to make more plays for Tennessee this year. Jeremy Pruitt talked about him last week, so this was before the scrimmage in which Josh Palmer showed up again, but this is Tennessee's head coach talking about Josh Palmer, Tennessee's junior wide receiver. Well, I think Josh is a guy that that he, he has a good frame on him. Uh, he, has, he has good hands. 
uh, has speed. Uh, so he, ha he has the, the physical attributes that you look for uh, in a wide receiver. Um, you know, I think the more you play, obviously the, the, the better you get, the, the more reps you take and all that. So um, I, this is his third year here. So um, he's, he's been through spring before. I think he's, he has showed some progress. I think he's, he's done much better this spring blocking uh, on the physical side. So he's a guy that, that's a big, strong guy that runs fast. Uh, you know, we need to be able to play him on special teams. He needs to be able to do that to give us uh, a guy out there that um, can run and hit and um, give us just an, another body. So that's one thing that he's improved on, or a couple of things. So he needs to do a lot, and I think that he can. Blocking is something that really is going to matter to the coaching staff. He is a pretty physical player at wide receiver. So Josh Palmer, number five, he's back to wearing number five. Pay attention to him. He's a guy that could really help Tennessee's offense. Again, I still wonder how many big-time speed threats does Tennessee have on offense. I wouldn't necessarily say that about Josh, but he is a guy that can make plays down the field. He can make plays on the ball against physical defensive backs. That's something that Tennessee will need in this offense. Josh Palmer can provide it. Shifting to basketball, a few notes for you before I wrap up today's show. In the SEC, John Calipari's name had been mentioned with the UCLA job. I don't know anybody that thought that Calipari was actually going to leave Kentucky for UCLA. But you know what talk about Calipari and UCLA could do for him? Could get him a new contract. So while the loss to Auburn this past Sunday was disappointing for Calipari and for Kentucky, and it has been four years since Kentucky went to the Final Four, I don't think too many reasonable people are looking at Cal and saying, yeah, he's not doing a good job at Kentucky. So he gets a new contract. That was announced by Kentucky on Monday. And with the release, Kentucky said, this is a contract that can keep John Calipari at Kentucky to finish his career. And there will always be speculation, will Calipari take one more shot at the NBA? And he could change his mind at some point. But when Calipari got to Kentucky, he was talking about being there for 10 years, and then it's probably time to move on and do something else. Well, it's been 10 years, and it doesn't look like Calipari is planning to move on and do anything else. So, new contract for Calipari. He's going to make a ton of money moving forward. He already was. And right now, it appears Calipari's plan is to finish his coaching career at Kentucky. The last couple of years between Tennessee and Kentucky have been a lot of fun. Tennessee actually has the advantage. Tennessee is 4-2 and two against Kentucky over the last two seasons. And Rick Barnes has a winning record against Kentucky in the four seasons since he's become the Vols coach. He's 6-4. and four against Kentucky over the last four seasons. That's really impressive. Next year, Tennessee versus Kentucky could be a lot of fun again, especially, again, if Grant Williams comes back. A name that surfaced on Monday that's very interesting with the Vanderbilt head coaching vacancy is Jerry Stackhouse. John Rothstein from CBS Sports reported that Stackhouse and Vanderbilt are negotiating for Stackhouse to become the new head coach at Vanderbilt. He would replace Bryce Drew. Stackhouse has been an assistant coach in the NBA. He played at North Carolina in college. So if Stackhouse were to become Vanderbilt's coach, that means Tennessee could face Stackhouse and Penny Hardaway this upcoming season. 90s NBA thoughts are starting to come in. That means, to me, somebody else, Arkansas, needs to go hire Damon Stoudemire, something like that. But pay attention there. Uh, John Rothstein, CBS Sports, reporting that Jerry Stackhouse could become the next head coach at Vanderbilt. And as Philip Fulmer begins his search, he's in the early process at least of searching for Holly Warlick's replacement to be the next Lady Vols basketball coach, 
Kelly Jolly Harper is in the running. Kelly Harper played basketball at Tennessee under Pat Summit. She is the head coach at Missouri State, and we know that she is at least in the running because Missouri State's athletic director confirmed that Tennessee has contacted them about speaking with Harper. She has been a head coach at three different programs, Western Carolina, NC State, and now Missouri State. Missouri State just went to the Sweet 16, and she was named the Missouri Valley Coach of the Year. So Kelly Harper's done a nice job there. She was the head coach at NC State for four seasons and was fired after only going to the NCAA tournament one time coaching NC State. That part of the resume is going to, I think, cause some concerns. And overall, she's done a nice job as a coach. Again, just went to the Sweet 16 with Missouri State. That's not easy to do, but there will be questions starting with, would Tennessee really just try to stay within the, the quote, family, going with a former Lady Vol to come back and coach at Tennessee? Would that be the focus instead of just going out and finding the best coach? It's very early, and that is just one name, but we do know that Tennessee is at least interested in Kelly Harper, the former Tennessee point guard, to potentially be the new Lady Vols basketball coach. That is going to do it for Locked On Vols today. Thanks so much for hanging out as the show is here for you five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find it on the Himalaya app, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps as well. Coming up tomorrow, a look at players who redshirted this past fall but were able to play. Remember, the new NCAA rule allows guys to go out there and play up to four games and keep their red shirt. Some players who might have benefited that who could help Tennessee this upcoming fall. I'll get to that on tomorrow's show, and you'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt as he will meet with the media after this afternoon's practice. Thanks so much for hanging out here on Locked on Vols. Download, subscribe, rate, and review, and keep spreading the word about the Daily Tennessee Podcast. I'll see you here tomorrow. Oh,